Well, this morning, um, it's a joy and honor. We had finished our sacred series. We got a standalone message this morning. It's something that applies to every person in this room and everyone that will listen later, either by podcast or by CDs. And by the way, we do have free CDs. If you ever want one, you just walk out the door, go to the left. We give those away just to bless you because we want you to have that a part of you. And the one thing that all of us deal with in some form or fashion is this thing we call fear. And we're going to break this down a little bit this morning, especially coming up with this, I don't know, this holiday, this uh, demonically inspired, demonically driven, this holiday coming up that we call Halloween. And uh, I'm not going to go into that necessarily, that particular, all the particulars about it. You can Google it. I promise you, you'll find more information than you want to know about it. But we are going to look at the thing that it triggers. Sometimes fear gets triggered in us and... and um, This is what Webster says about fear. It says this, Webster defines fear as dread, terror, horror, fright, timidity, alarm, trepidation, apprehension, and worry. Now, I just want want to know, anybody ever had one of those operate? Hey, anybody ever had one stop operating? That's probably a better question. Um... If we're not careful, we're going to look at that. God, that's why we're, I've named this fearless, not because everybody thinks I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. I, I can do anything. I, I'm not afraid of anything until something comes by that you go, uh-oh, I'm afraid of that now. Um, how many remember as a, uh, as, a, as a kid, your parents always told you, don't touch that stove. Don't, don't touch that stove. And, and you say, don't touch that stove. And until you touch that stove, they say, that's hot. You go, oh, that's hot. You thought they were just trying to keep you from having fun. And so you'd see mama cooking on her. You'd see things like, I want to be grown up like them. Until you touch it and you go, whoa. How many of you learned a valuable lesson that it's hot? I remember my, my grandson, we'd tell him, and his dad loved to cook. And he'd, he'd be there and he'd be like, he'd want to just be with it right there. We'd have to catch him. He'd want to go grab the oven if something's cooking and want to pull and look because we'd pull and look. We told him, don't touch He touched it one time. And from then on, every time he got near, it's like, it's hot. It's hot. It's, it's hot. <laughs> he's only one and a half, but he's like, it's hot. It's hot. He couldn't say much, but it's hot. A lot of times in our life, we, we learn like that. And um, this is what happens. If fear's not dealt with correctly, because there's a healthy and unhealthy fear. We'll get there in a second, but it... Here's what happens. Uh, this is a word for fear in the Bible is phobia. Phobia, a uh, uh, phobia. And that's what it is. Phobio, and it, it was where we get our word phobia. And it's a, and a phobia can get, it, that's a fear that's, that's really gotten out of control. Where it can take over our lives. And that's what it says. Phobia is a type of anxiety disorder that causes an individual to experience extreme, irrational fear about a situation, a living creature, a place, or an object. When a person has a phobia, they will often shape their lives to avoid what they consider to be dangerous. And so what happens is, a fear if left unchecked, it will begin to take over and all of a sudden, you'll live your life in such a way that, no, I'm not getting there, I'm not going there, no, I can't do that. Um, I remember as a child, uh, some of you may remember this, where I used to go around my neighborhood in Jacksonville, Florida, and I would collect 
money for the muscular dystrophy, for the Jerry Lewis telethon. And, and we would go and we'd get all, you know, we'd get these jars and we'd go around and knock on the door. Hey, here for muscular dystrophy. Hey, great thing. You can't do that now. But I would do that. And I'll never forget in my neighborhood, there was a house and it was a fenced in thing, but they had a doorbell or rang to the, it wasn't a doorbell, it was a fence bell, but you could ring it and it would, it, it would alarm them. Hey, somebody's at the fence. And so I rang it. I got my little jar and I, they were towards the end of my neighborhood. And so I'm like, I'd already got a nice big old jar of change. And I was going to go down to the station in Jacksonville and they were going to film me dumping all that change into the, like, look, I did my part. And I, I rang that doorbell. I mean, the fence bell. And they said, oh, come on in. And so as I started to go in the yard, there is uh, a Doberman pincer and two German shepherds right there. And I had no fear of them. I was like, oh, oh Okay. I mean, I was only about nine years old. You know, back then I was short. And so I would, uh, <laughs> it's not that funny. It's not, it's not that funny. <laughs> okay, back then I was short. And uh, and so I, was, I didn't really have a lot of fear of it. So I just walk in like, oh, okay. And they're right there. I didn't know when he was showing me his teeth. I was like, well, hey, <laughs> he's hungry, I guess. I don't know. And so I walked in with my jar, and, I, I, and the lady said, okay, she went, she was at the door, and then she left the door. And she said, oh, I'm going to go get my, my chain, I'm going to get my purse, I'm going to get my change." So she comes back, she drops some little change in there, I'm like, oh, good, I got, yay, I, I accomplished my mission. And I go to leave, and she shuts the door. And I'm on her porch with my change. And I'm still like, okay, let me get out. So I start to walk out, and I'm walking away. All of a sudden... <laughs> There's these paws that come right across my shoulders, and I hear this arr, 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 right here in my ear, and it's the Doberman picture, like, arr, 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 and I was like, whoa, 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 and so I threw my change jar up. I jumped the fence. Back then, I was still kind of spried. I, I still can't get over one, and I just kind of leap over this fence out of pure fear, and all of a sudden, I ring the doorbell, and she's like, what? I said, can I get my, because she was saying they don't bite. I'm like, yeah, when you're right there watching, they don't, but... I want to tell you something. Another time in my neighborhood, I was just riding my bike, cruising along. As I did, this German shepherd came out of nowhere, coming, running across. And this is a little bit later now. I'd already had a big, like, uh uh-oh, dogs attack. That's what happens. It told me that. So I go riding my bike. I'm just cruising along like, okay, yeah, we're enjoying it. And all of a sudden, this this German shepherd comes out of nowhere and he's angry because I'm riding on the street, I guess. I don't know. And I'm like, arr, arr, arr. and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and he got me right here on my calf and he sniffed and his teeth went right in. Like, I was like, ooh, ooh. So it, that from those two incidents, growing up most of my life, my natural assumption every time I got around a dog, guess what I thought? They're here to bite me. They're going to bite me. They're going to bite me. Gonna bite me. I don't care if they were this hard. They're <laughs> like, he's going to bite me. He's going to bite me. He's going to tear my ankle up. He's going to wear it out. Um, we have similar, all of us have similar things that have happened to us. And if we're not careful, now by, by God's grace, now I've, I've overcome most of that. It's not, it's no longer a phobia. I can actually get around dogs and realize you're, you're not going to bite me, are you, little fella? Or are you, big fella? I can walk up to them. Hope, I've learned, hey, smell. Don't smell fear. There's no fear, no fear. <laughs> Cast out all fear in Jesus' name. 
<laughs> you know, they say dogs smell fear. Up until that point, it's like, oh, they didn't smell it. They bathed in it. <laughs> but praise God, by his grace, now I can walk in, hey, you ain't want to bite me. It's like, I'm going to make sure though. But so, I just say that to say there are, there are times, if we're not careful, that Fear, if not left, if, if left unchecked, it will turn into a phobia and you'll begin to live your life in such a way that you will not be able to accomplish things. You'll, you'll, you'll avoid things simply because of something that's happened. And, uh, I want to say there is a healthy fear and there's an unhealthy fear. Just like, like I shared a moment ago with the burning of the stove. That's a healthy fear. Like when you burn yourself, don't do that again. If you keep doing it, then it, it doesn't even go into phobia. It goes into a whole other dimension of going, whoa, don't keep burning yourself. That's not good. Or we have a healthy fear of you, you don't just walk out when you see a semi-truck. You don't go, oh, I wonder what that, look at it. I want to look at the lights. Uh, you would never do that. You have a healthy fear of you know this this thing going is way too big and it would not be good. So those are Healthy fears. Also in scripture, there's healthy fear and unhealthy fear. It's what it says in Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. It says the fear of the Lord. Like look, if I'm going to fear something, let's fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like I don't even understand things well until I understand who he is. And then it says, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Again in Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 26, it says this. Those who fear the Lord are secure. Like I get secure by my my understanding of who he is and how great and awesome and powerful he is. And he will be a refuge for their children. Like your children get to be, they get brought in because of our understanding and fear of him. And it's not a, that's not a dread fear. That's an awe and reverence fear. Like, wow, you can speak worlds into existence. You can, you make the sun every, you hold everything together like, okay, there's none above you. And so that's how we, we fear the Lord. Now, this is what happens in our lives many times is fear. There's an acronym and I forget where I, some of y'all shared this with me last time. I talked a little bit on the subject. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Well, I want to debunk some of that in this. There was no false evidence about the dogs. I didn't have, I had real genuine evidence that they will bite. But that did not mean that I had to stay there, that it, it wasn't appearing real. It was real, but was it, what wasn't real is that all dogs don't do that. And that dogs aren't just looking to do that. I learned that, hey, they're territorial. That you show up in their yard and they, they're gonna protect their people. Praise God. And by the way, just so you know, I've, we've had dogs all our married lives, um, not necessarily because I'm a dog lover, <laughs> but because I'm a wife lover and my wife loves dogs, therefore we've had dogs, okay? So, <laughs> tell me I ain't smart, y'all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Anyhow, if, if fear goes left unchecked, um, this is what Paul wrote to his young apprentice in the faith, the, his young pastor, Timothy. He wrote this to him and he said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. In other words, if fear is left unchecked, it will turn into a spirit 
that speaks to you, that takes control of you, that will lead you, that will guide you, it will keep you from accomplishing things, it will literally rest on you, and it will follow you. And it says that, but what did God give us? He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I want to break this down for the next couple minutes, and we're going to unpack this for just a few minutes, and, and then we'll see how we can overcome these things. Because all of us have them. Think about it. There are people that have a fear of, of death. That's a big one. What's going to happen to me after I die? I don't know. I know one thing. If you love Jesus, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be incredible. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. All that God has planned for those who love him. It, my mind can't grasp what it's going to be like. Your mind can't grasp. And, and so they, many people have a fear of, uh-oh, my thing's never a fear what happens after. I know what. I'm secure there. It's just how that day comes. It's like, okay. I love Paul's, I love Paul's take on it. Paul was one where he said, you know what? They were, he was, he was looking at certain death and they were threatening, you're going to die. We're going to kill you. And he's like, okay. And he goes, well, for me to die is Christ and to live is, is gain. You know, when you have that mentality that what you going to do? Oh, you want to kill me? That's okay. I'm going to go be with him. And they said, well, we ain't going to kill you. Well, then I'll be fruitful for him. So what's it going to be? It's like, if, if you take me out, I'm going to go be with him. If you leave me here, I'm going to be fruitful for him. And he was like, I don't know. Whatever. I tell you what y'all decide. You, what, what you all want to do. I don't care. When you have that mentality that, look, death does not have dominion over us. Once you place your faith in Christ, you're secure in him. We'll look at that in a moment. Uh, unpack that a little further. But I want you to grasp some have a fear of, of money, not having enough money. Some have a fear of being alone. What happens is when you get a spirit of fear, it locks you down and you'll begin to isolate yourself. And you'll begin to, to, to draw away and you'll begin, nobody can help. Nobody, I, I can't let anybody see. I'm too afraid. And I want to challenge you this morning. You're here for a reason. God's going to set some people free. No longer. We get to, we get to live with this power of, of love, of, of power of sound mind. That's right. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to unpack this Second Timothy 1.7. And, and this is what I, I, I came up with. Fear comes in. This is how it comes in. Fear comes in when we lack power. When we feel helpless of our circumstances and situations. There's a lot of people that go around, well, I can't help it. This just happened. And this person does that. You ever been around people no matter... When you talk to them, where you talk to them, it's always like I like to call the the, the, the little rain cloud over them. It's always there. It's like, oh, well, it's always bad. Nothing's ever changed. Never going to get better. It's just, it just always comes after you. There's something that's happened. And, it, and they live in that mentality that it can never get better. It's never, God's not enough. I'm never going to have enough. And almost as if I'm an orphan. I'm just wandering around the planet by myself. Never going to get better. Help me. And I'm telling you, God did not give us that. And so when we lack that power, we've got to recognize what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. In other words, God gives you so much power. It's not just taking a step out your front door, but it's taking a step to the ends of the earth. You're not a fearful of going, hey, whatever comes my way, he's got this. He's given me that power. That's what was released 2,000 years ago through the, the day of Pentecost. Also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says this. 
let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, what he, what Paul's saying in here, look at it, us, we, are, that together, the thing that fear does is it drives us apart. And I'm telling you this morning, there's two action steps I want us to take and I want us to look at. Number one is this. The number one action, sta- action statement or step that we can take, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the change agent. The Spirit, the, and, and the word Spirit, we've looked at it, we'll continue to, to, to enunciate that loud, loud and proud. Spirit means pneuma. It means wind. It means breath, the breath of God. Cultivate that relationship. Allow the Spirit of God to blow His life in, to infuse you with His, I mean, supernatural, dunamis life where He's given that to us to operate out of and operate in us. That's the first thing. We need to cultivate that. Secondly, we need to cultivate relationships with Christian brothers and sisters. Listen, I know. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because everybody probably would. Who's been hurt by a Christian brother or sister? <laughs> How many said it was Christian? He's like, well, you just don't understand what that brother did. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. He's human. He's got a flesh nature too. You just don't understand what that sister did. Oh, yes, I do. But we've got to be careful. We don't let what somebody else do override what God's done for us. We have to be careful. And so what happens is we always do better together. That's why what we have, our our small group. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. We always do better together. Always do better together. It's like your your body is a perfect example. If your hand's sitting over here, the rest of it's over here. That's not going to be good, you know. It's like the thing, and you're like, that's weird. This hand's just sitting here, moving by itself. It's got to be together. The second thing that we said, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But the second way fear comes in is, fear comes in when we lack love. When we lack love. It's one of our basic needs that every human being has. And there's some... Because of, of things that have happened with, with families and parents, there's some that, that receive less or they feel less than because they didn't get honored. They didn't get loved. They didn't get nourished as a child. And if we're not careful, what happens is we allow that to go right into our adulthood. And Jesus came to express what love really looks like. That's why it says in 1 John 4.18, it says that there is no fear in love. It doesn't happen. But perfect love drives out fear. Look, all of us have been hurt in our lives by somebody we love. Somebody that that we cared for, somebody that cared for us. And if we're not careful, we just hang on to that and we allow this 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 DVD player or or this Blu-ray, it just keeps going over and over and over the hurt, the the situation And I'm telling you, it's time to take that thing out, break it, stomp and say, no more. I'm not going to keep playing that. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And this is where people think God, this is where where we need some freedom in this area. Some people think God's up here with a lightning bolt with your name on it. And he's just waiting for the right storm to catch you out and about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you. Now, I'm going to say this to you. 
look, I know that things happen and I know people have been struck. I don't, this goes back to healthy, unhealthy. I don't walk out in a thunder and lightning storm with a, with a rod in my hand going, Hey Lord, how you doing? I just want to converse with you right now. Um, you got anything you want to say to, we don't, we don't use that. That's an unhealthy. I don't need to do that. But at the same time where I don't fear and go, Oh, God's trying to get me. No lightning strikes. I'm going to be inside where instead of outside in the midst of it. What happens is, is many times we think God thinks less of us than he does. And that he loves us less than he really does. And that's a lie from the, from the pit of hell where he wants you to think God's mad at you. That God somehow is trying to destroy you. And I'm telling you, he's not. He's trying to bring you to the place where you surrender to his plan. And this is what, I love what it says in the New Living Translation. That's the New King James. New, uh, New Living Translation says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. We always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. We always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Whatever those are, that's your stronger. You need to say, no, uh-uh, I'm changing. Lord, I'm going to focus on you. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So guess what? I've got two action steps for this. Imagine that. What are the two action steps? One, we have to cultivate the power of God. Many people, when they come to Christ, they don't even know what power they got. Like you are a spiritual being. When God, when the Holy Spirit comes into you, when you invite Jesus into your life, He comes with all His power. He comes to, to, to transform And it says, you are no longer locked into this world. You are transformed, set apart to be different. But the problem is we got this battle in this mind. And so if we're not careful, we focus more what our flesh thinks than more what the spirit thinks. And so the spirit is right here saying, come on, I want you to do some crazy, wonderful things for me. And we're like, our flesh like, well, I'll look stupid if I do that. It's like, yeah, of course, because God's saying, hey, I want you to go share my love, share my truth, share my grace with those who you come in contact with. And he gives you the power to do it. But we many times lock into what our flesh wants. What happens is we don't cultivate the power. We cultivate the power of the flesh instead of the power of the spirit. So we've got to cultivate the power of God. And then secondly, we've got to cultivate a renewed mind. And this is where it gets real. Because God's not going to do that for you. God's not going to come in and take over your mind. He gave you and me. He gave us a free will. And so I get to choose what I focus on. I get to choose what I'm going to allow my brain, I'm going to allow to come in here. And you get to choose the same thing. So when you accept Christ, you become a new, your spirit becomes alive like, whoa! It's free. Everything you've ever done wrong, everything you've ever said, every, completely done, forgiven everything. But then you get in this world and things begin to come at you. And all of a sudden you begin to think less of God, less of what He can do. And then God's saying, no, I'm still, I'm not through. Come here. Come on this way. I, you gotta get your mind right. You gotta begin to allow, to, to renew this. And this is where the Word of God comes in. This is where what you're doing this morning. Listen, you go online, listen to preaching. There's some wonderful preaching. Every week I listen to a bunch. Like, Jesus, help me. You need to be inspired. I need to be inspired. We need to be inspired, every one of us. Otherwise, we will shrink back. And I'm telling you, every one of you, I don't care what age you are, 
God has incredible things still in store for you to do right here on this planet before we leave. He wants to use you in a way you never thought possible. But sometimes we get this thinking, no, you can only do this. I've tried that. You ever dealt with somebody? I, I had someone come in here one time and they needed help. And I said, well, have you tried this? They said, yeah, I already tried that. I said, well, have you tried this? They said, yeah, I already tried that. I said, you ever tried it? I've already tried that. I said, you tried it? I've already tried that. I said, well, you know what? I can't help you. You've already tried it all. I'm sorry. You know, you might want to try this. Just go ahead and start back and give your life to Jesus one more time. Just go. I mean, you, you may have tried that, but it's not something you try. It's something you do. It's something you do. This morning, let me ask you real quick. Are there some fears that are that are wrangling on the inside of you? Or did you walk in here with a smile on your face but fear in your heart? Did you walk in here and go, oh my goodness. Mark, if you only knew, fear of failure. Fear of, I'm not good enough. Fear of, of any, any number of kind, number of things that can come up in our life. I want to challenge you this morning as I close. It's not from God. God did not give us a spirit of fear. It did not come from Him. He gave us a spirit of love and power and a sound, power and love and a sound mind. And that's what we're supposed to lock into. And this morning, I want you, if you would, if you bow your heads with me for just a moment. And it's the only way I know that you can get alone. It's nothing real spiritual. It's the only way I know that you can get alone in a crowded room. That's why I ask you to do that. Because I want you to do some business with God this morning. I want you to be real with Him. It doesn't matter the person to your left or right. I don't care if you're married to Him. I don't care if it's your friend, your mama, your daddy. They're not going to stand with you on that day. They will not be there. They'll be either in heaven or, or wishing they were. But they won't be there on the day when you're standing before God. And that's why I would love for you to give me the opportunity to take just a moment. With your eyes closed and your, closed and your head bowed. To do a little business between you and your Heavenly Father. Maybe you came in here this morning. And we go to church for all kind of reasons. We think if I go through those doors when I walk through them, I'll be a better person by walking through those. Or that I'll be good enough and now God you'll accept me. See, I went to your, I went to your building and you, you're, I'm good enough now. Or, or it's, you came in here going, Lord, I, I need a touch. Lord, I need some, I got some real issues that are going on in my life. And I've tried a bunch of other things and they have not worked, but God, I've come to seek you, and Lord, I need you to do something in my life. Are there some real issues that you've been dealing with that you, some of you may have even given up saying, well, I can't overcome that. So I've just like, I just quit fighting. And this morning I'm here to tell you, God hadn't quit fighting for you. The Holy Spirit has not left you. He's not going and saying, I'm done. As long as you have life in your, and breath in your body, God's pursuing. What are some of the things and the hang-ups that are holding you back? First and foremost, let me ask you, are you secure that if something happened to you today, right this second, if you left this sanctuary, are you absolutely secure knowing that there's nothing that can separate you from God's love? That the moment you take your last breath, You'll be standing right there and it won't be a scowl or a frown on your face. It will be joy and the angels will be welcoming you in to your eternal home. If you're not secure in that, I would settle that first and foremost. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
And I would love to pray with you this morning. If you're not secure, if you would say to me right now, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure. I'll be honest. I'm not sure if, if, if I would get to go. If I would be right there in God's presence. If that is you, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor and just slip your hand up wherever you are in the sanctuary. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. We're going to pray together. Anybody else? I want you to get absolutely, that comes first. Secure knowing He's for you and not against you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Yes? Thank you, Lord. Well, if we could, everybody, let's pray this with me. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And I acknowledge that I've said things. I've done things. Things have been said to me and done to me that were not a part of your plan. But Father, I recognize that you sent your son Jesus to pay the price for my sins and everybody else's as well. And I accept your death and your resurrection, Jesus, as full payment for my sin. And as an act of my will, Jesus, I give you my life. And in return, I thank you for giving me your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Y'all sit there just a moment. Let me, let me just pray. Lord, I do thank you. Lord, you said anybody that comes to you, you would never cast them away. Jesus, you said if we lose our life for you, we'd actually find it. Lord, I thank you for all those who prayed that this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for securing them, settling them in their relationship with you, settling them in the love you have for them. And now this morning, I'm going to ask as we move on, if you've had some unhealthy fears, Anxieties, we would call them. We live in a generation that uses more medicine than ever before in in any generation to try to cope with things that we deal with. And I'm not here to bash medicine. I'm not here to do any. All I'm here to say is if you have an irrational fear that tries to lock you in and lock you down on that, I want to ask you this morning, if you would, by God's grace, surrender that to Him this morning. I want you to see that He's given you power. That you're not a victim. You're a son. You're a daughter. I want you to see that it's His love that draws us to Himself. It's His love that covers us. It's His love that conceals us. It's His love that that continually carries us forward. And then it's also, He's given us a sound mind. We have to pour into that. This morning, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand wherever you are and we're going to pray you've had things that have been really just weighing on you and just eating at you and just tearing at you and saying, man, you can't make it. You're not good enough. You're not going to do it. You're not going to have what you need. You're less than. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning, I'm going to ask you if you would to pray with me. Father God, I recognize that me and me and of myself, Lord, I don't have the power to overcome anything. But Jesus, by your blood and by the stripes you bore on your back, I was healed physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. You redeemed me. 
You redeemed my mind. You redeemed my flesh. You redeemed every part of me. Lord, I choose this morning to lock into you. And I believe what you say more than what I feel. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to do this real quick in closing. I I want you to put those up on the screen. This is what Jesus said. Jesus gave about 127. I mean, there's a number of commands, but he gave us direction, 127. Of those, about 25, about 25 to 30% were of this. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. It says, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Don't worry. These are different scriptures. Don't worry about every everyday life, whether you have enough. As he said, I'm enough. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and your daughter will be well. Move to the next one. Thank you, Lord. These are just 10 I pulled out. It's all right. I, hear, uh, I am here. Don't be afraid. Jesus said, I've got this. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. He, he went on to say, you know, if you want to fear one, fear the one that can kill both body and soul and cast it in hell. That's who you want to fear. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Do not trouble, do not be troubled. You trust in God. Now trust in me. I will come and get you so that where you'll always be with me where I am. Then the last three right here. Don't be troubled or afraid. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are, why is your heart filled with doubt? He wants us to trust in him. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. And then finally, Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. People all through the centuries, ever since, man, with, with, with Adam and Eve, they were never afraid until they ate from the fruit. They weren't afraid to talk to a snake. They sat right there and talked to him. They were I mean, us, come on, let's be honest. Some of us like, Whoa! just the mention of the name. Y'all like, Whoa! my heart just raised. God is for us, not against us. If you would stand up with me at this time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask our pastor emeritus if he'll come up with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We will have people available to pray with you up here at the end of the service. Um, we'll be available to, 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 to pray. And if you have fears, let me say this. You can call anytime. This isn't just a Sunday thing. For so long, churches, so, no, we're here Monday through Saturday. You call. Our number's in the bulletin. We want to see you free from those things that are trying to hold you back. Speak the blessing over us. Amen. Open your hands up to the Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe. You've commanded your blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them and that you would bless them. So may the Lord bless you now and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace. Now the name of the Lord has been placed upon you and he will be with you as you travel. In Jesus' name, amen.